Well, hey, welcome back. This is not for everyone, and we have a really special episode for you guys this week. That's because Jess was in D.C. We got to record in person for the first time ever. We recorded from my apartment, and it was so special, and I want to give a couple of call-outs before we get into the episode. First of all, this is a great episode to watch on YouTube because we've got a whole camera set up, and the video quality is good, and we're actually able to interact in person. It was just a totally different experience. It was so much fun. It made me sad that we can't do this every week, but I think one day. Um, And second of all, because we had a completely different audio setup, it's not the best audio. It's not the best audio that you're going to get on Not For Everyone. I would really recommend taking out the headphones for this episode. I wouldn't listen with your headphones. You're you're not going to love it. But it's just for the one episode. After this, we're going to be returning to our normal audio setup. So we appreciate your patience. We appreciate all of the what a do's that you guys set in for this what a do episode. It was very high emotion. A lot of the audio problem is really me screaming um, because we touched on some of the subjects that mean the most to me, including talk about body image and really the conversation around like how we as women hurt and judge ourselves. Uh, There are very few things that I care about more. We think you're going to love this conversation and thank you for tuning in. All right. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Not For Everyone. We are an existential commentary podcast hosted by one hater and one lover. My name's Jess. I'm the lover. My name's Caroline. I'm the hater. I don't know where to look. Do I look at you? Me neither. I want to look at you, but there's a camera and there's computers and I'm going to be looking at my phone for some notes. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say, I feel like when I think about other people doing podcasts and shit that's filming, they look at each other. Yeah, they do. We're having conversations. We're polite. It's about the connection. Yeah, it's right person. And I might throw one look or two to the camera. Okay, like a Jim Halpert moment. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking the fourth wall. Um, Yeah. If you're listening auditorily, we are in person recording in Caroline's apartment together in D.C. So the video is on YouTube and we're kind of like, we have a new setup. We're really not used to sitting across from each other. Yeah. I'm like really mesmerized by your eyes. Oh. And by your words not being with a delay. Yeah, that is nice. Okay. I, but I don't know if I'm ready to think fast enough. No. Yeah, I needed that Zoom delay. It's <laughs> <laughs> really banking on the Zoom delay. Um, how the heck are you? Thanks for this coffee. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. I'm better now. Um, I was in like not a great mood when Jess walked in and I didn't want to dump it all on the podcast, but Jess just lifted me up so hard and now, mm. I'm, now I'm a fucking delight. Have I brought you down? Though? No, not at all. Oh. Not at all. <laughs> I told you the only thing today is that I just haven't had enough coffee and you supplied that and I'm ready to go. Wow. Yeah. Why do you seem so tall? Because I'm sitting on my foot. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If you insist. If you insist. Um, Today we're going to do what a do's, but I think before we do what a do's. My blood pressure is already up to here. I know. Once I start thinking about what a do's, I'm like, first of all, first of all, you're all wrong. You're all living wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's so upsetting. It's so upset. (laughs) No, but I'm pretty excited because I feel like when we did them last time, we jam-packed a million of them into one episode, which is not our intention for this one. We're going to have a more calm, cool, collected, just a, a two or three what-to-do yeah, approach. Yeah, let's make it two. And I always like it because sometimes we see it 
differently. Like our advice to the person is a little bit different. So I don't know. I'm curious. And I'm curious what your fired up energy is going to bring to that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I curious to you. I (laughs) and And I to you. I do want to say, and I've already told you about this like three times, but I do want to say it here because I promised. Um, this week in DC, the first thing that happened when I landed is that I went to a coffee shop with my sister and the barista recognized me from the podcast. And I told her I would give her a shout out. So her name is Grace. And you made my day and Holy you made my crap. week. And I'm going to be thinking about you for my whole life. And Grace, you'll never get rid of me. <laughs> I love you, Grace. Grace, I will make you regret the day you ever dared to recognize me in a fleeting moment. <laughs> I know. And I will make the rest of you fear it. So, yeah. yeah. Fear. This is what's going to happen if you shout me out. If you find me, I'm going to shout you out. And I'm going to be in love with you for my whole life. To be recognized visually from a podcast. It was cool. Kudos to you. It really speaks to the power of your eyebrows. Thank you for saying that. My dad thought that it was just my voice. He was like, she recognized you from your voice? And I was like, no, I think she probably follows the Instagram or something. He was like, your voice was it? And I was like, okay, dad, yeah. (laughs) So your voice. voice of a generation. (laughs) I wanted to, I wanted to submit an official correction. In our last episode, we were talking about My Little Pony, Mm -hmm. aka... Gym guy. AKA Sweetie Pie. AKA Sweetie Pie. I think to you, he's Sweetie Pie. To me, I'm only ever going to call this man My Little Pony. Okay. And, um, but he's both. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you called him Sweetie Pie immediately, and I was like, that's one of the My Little Pony names. But so then I had to go Google My Little Pony. First of all, I need to, I stand corrected. My Little Pony. There's not one named Sweetie Pie. There's one named Pinkie Pie, which I would say is even more perverted. Yeah, absolutely. Pinkie Pie. And then there's one named, what is the other one? These names are fucking insane. There's one named Scootaloo. Oh, <laughs> precious. Fluttershy. What the hell? Rainbow Dash. This one's fucked up. Rarity. <laughs> <laughs> Why are the others not rare? I don't know. Snails. One's called it Snails. It reminds me of the Teletubbies, too. It's so... Tinky Winky. Oh, it's all. it all feels so perverted. Yeah. Trixie. That was a tough time. Snips. Uh, snips. Snips. I like snips. Okay. Yeah. Sweetie Belle. Sweetie Belle. Sweetie Belle and Pinkie Pie. Pinkie Pie and Sweetie Belle. Okay. You know what? Uh, he should be so lucky, this man from the gym. My little To be pony. as majestic as the two of them. I know. <laughs> I haven't seen him. I haven't even been back to the gym. I've been just like really working on having my period hard. Ooh. And that's I, work. It's weird. Yeah. I'm really squishing it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have enough pads from your feet to supply the yeah i actually keep two regions. i keep two different kinds of pads there's a certain kind of pad i like to put in my socks because mm-hmm. you don't want wings and then i then you do want and then you, you wanna, do want wings I up want, top i want wings yeah oh i was like up top where do you think the just vagina com- is? compared to the feet yeah <laughs> where the fuck up do top. you think the vagina? right on your head you place the wings on either ear do you see how easy it is to gaslight me like truly i've always believed that if someone told me i murdered someone and i didn't you really could convince me that i did wow. if you're just like your vagina's above your neck i'd be like Man, I forgot. (laughs) I had to really sit and think about it. Does it have to do with how much you like trust that person though? Like, no, just anyone. No, it it has to do with how I was trying to turn it myself. Okay. Yeah. You can convince me of almost anything. I was trying to turn it into like a sweet moment of you trusting me. (laughs) Nope. Not that. Not that. Not this time. The answer is low confidence. (laughs) Is it time? Let's fucking roll, dude. (laughs) Okay. Is it time? Is it time? Let's do it. So couple what it is let me find them 
All right. A lot of them were weird. I'm just going to start out by saying <laughs> I, I'm going to look to camera for this moment. Why are you guys asking us some of these questions? To be clear, we say it as often as possible, but we especially what say What did they ask? I refuse to, I refuse to read half of them. A lot of times, yeah, a lot of times it's like stuff where you need to go to therapy. You need to go to family counseling. I don't know what you need to do. I'm a professional. I don't I'm know, just me. I don't know how else to say that this is not therapy. I don't know how else to I've say said it. it a million times in a million ways. How many times do I have to say that I was fucking institutionalized? <laughs> how many times? Uh, I mean, it's, it. yeah, the, no comment there. Uh, that's <laughs> your truth. But <laughs> I feel like people wrote us and they were like, oh, I'm really opening up and I really hope that they cover this. And so I just want to say, like, thank you for trusting us with some of your traumas. Let me smash that trust. I can't do anything for you. I can't. I won't. I don't know. Like things that weird matter. things that matter. Things, things that, that matter. are really serious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess things that I can't even talk about on the podcast because they make me too emotional talking about my own family. And I don't. Yeah. And I also like have never been in that position. I've never been in any of like a lot of the things we get written about. I've never really been in those shoes. And I think I I lean towards choosing the what to do's where like I you have can, some experience. You can with relate. It. Yeah. I think when yeah. somebody writes in with something where I did see some of those where someone was being like. My dad did this, and then several years later, this happened, and should I reply? And I felt this way, and I don't know if I do this. or Like, it was it was so specific yeah. that it would be very irresponsible for me to weigh in. Um, and it would just be irresponsible. So, yeah. uh, on something that actually matters. Listen, write to me about some bullshit, and I'll, I'll weigh in. Totally. But And the bullshit yeah. is what or, the or, audience will also relate to. Or a more general topic, like the ones we're going to cover aren't bullshit at all, but they're, it's a topic. It's not like, tell me specifically how to how, repair what my I relationship. Do. Yeah. That's another thing. A lot of people write us about like, I have these two choices in my career. I could either go to this grad program or I could go to this job. And I'm like, I don't fucking, it sounds like you have good options. Happy for you. Um, I can't tell you what to do and I'm not going to do it on a podcast where other people are listening because it's yeah. like very specific to your life. That could be a fun different podcast we start there where people ask us incredibly important like pivotal life moment questions and we just tell them. We're like drop out, do of, that. Drop out of law school. Okay. Yeah. Drop, I could do that. Yeah. That's a different podcast though. Yeah, it is. Not here. Not today. That podcast I think is just called Do What We Say and, um, because I, it's called Because I Said So. Oh, I love it. Okay. I thought you were going to do a play on what to do like do what I... You know, like yeah, a reverse. That would have been cool. Anyway. Didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the first one. Okay, the theme of this one is kind of balancing wanting to feel good about ourselves physically while also not wanting it to be all about attracting a partner, the male gaze, things like that. So this person said, I want to feel amazing in my body, go to the gym to feel fit and strong and do my hair and makeup and wear nice clothes, all of that. But I always worry I'm doing it for the wrong reasons, for the male gaze to impress people, etc. So I end up doing none of that and present as a slob kebab instead. I know this isn't a kind thing to say about myself, but how can I begin to feel okay in my skin while also feeling okay experimenting with my appearance? Like maybe I want to blow out my hair sometimes or get a fake tan, whatever. I don't know where to start with feeling okay with myself and how I look. I'm a curvy girl with hella curly hair, disordered eating past for reference. Can I yell for a moment? Please. Can I yell? Little rant to start us off. You're in your home. Number one. Number one. Bitch, I love ya. Mm -hmm. Number two. 
I relate so hard and I think so much of us, so many of us do of like, okay, number one, already feeling negatively about ourselves. Yeah. And then on top of that, we pile a judgment on ourselves for feeling negatively about ourselves. Even the way I hate myself is the wrong way yeah. to hate myself. I'm so fucking over it. Can women get a fucking break? Can we get a fucking break? How about it's already enough for me to feel badly about how I look and how I feel and how I present to then pile on top of it, to then compound it with, and now I'm... I'm feeling, I'm also fucking up how I'm feeling about myself and my motivations and I should the be feeling about this wrong. differently. Yeah. I, there's just no way to fucking win. I'm, it's so infuriating and it's very much put on women and we got to do it all perfectly. And if we're not doing it perfectly and if we're not going to the, like, I already want to like force myself to go to the gym, but if I'm not doing it for the right reasons, if I'm not going to the gym for the right reasons, that's another failure. Like, Stop this bullshit where everything has to be perfect and like you're in trouble for the ways that you're hating on yourself. When the fuck does it end? When do we get a fucking break? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at you. I'm, I'm mad at this way we've been taught to evaluate ourselves. Yeah. And I do the same thing. And it's exhausting. And for the rest of this question, let mm. me say like, ah, we're not therapists. I can share what has helped me. It's definitely something I've struggled with. And anyone who says they have the answer to this is a fucking liar. Yeah. There is not a woman on earth who doesn't struggle with these things, or I've never met her. Totally. So setting this ideal that like, well, I'm supposed to just be enlightened and have no sense of vanity and not even notice what I look like, like that's the goal. No one's ever going to reach it. Okay. So we all fail. Then we all fail forever. We all fail. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to take away this goal of like doing it perfectly we have to both look perfect and like feel heavenly and like divine right. and enlightened about it remove this perfection thing like insecurity vanity to some degree wanting to impress people wanting to make a certain uh, impression like all of these are like healthy to some degree the goal is not to eliminate them at all think about think about the reverse think about if you went on a date you know you talk about the male gaze mm. it sounds like you're dating guys Imagine if you went on a date, and this actually has happened to me, the guy showed up in fucking sweatpants, like put no, didn't wash his hair, put no interest into like how he presents to you. It's not all vanity and superficial vapidness. Like it actually is worth something. Imagine if you went to interview like a lawyer you wanted to hire and you're the client and he refused to get out of a t-shirt. Like that would really count against him. It is not worth nothing to care about how you present to the world, to care about like, you know, attracting somebody else. Like this is not, this is not like evil. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. okay to have some of that. And, or even I feel like no one's allowed to say with the like gym and workout fitness empowerment movement, no one's allowed to admit that they go to the gym for any reasons that involve that vanity. are physical. Let, but let me tell you, mm -hmm. if, if going to the gym didn't make you, didn't like change how you physically looked, no one, would no one would be in there. Absolutely not. No one would be in there. I, I just care about how it makes me feel. It makes me feel, makes me feel better about myself. You're fucking lying. <laughs> I don't know why we all have to lie when we all feel the same way. Also, in addition, it does help stabilize my mood. It yeah. does help lift my depression. But like, if those were the only things, I wouldn't be going all the time. I don't know why we all have to fucking lie all the time. It is okay to care about superficial things to some degree, like fashion, beauty, makeup, these are huge industries that we all engage with, but we never look at it and say like, it's too superficial and you're doing it for vanity. But somehow when it comes to our bodies, we're supposed to have this enlightened fucking Zen Buddhist yeah. attachment to it. Like it's okay to have some superficial 
attachment to it. It can't be 100%, but I, I take away this idea that it needs to be 0% superficial. Totally. Next. I, okay, yeah. we're done. We're done. <laughs> no. Yes, spot on. Exactly my thoughts on it. It's an unwinnable it. being, fucking It's an unwinnable thing. And she said it herself. Yeah. She had the self-awareness to be like, this is unwinnable because now what I do is present in a sloppy way that I'm not actually proud of. And I would like for it to be different. And I would like for it to be more attractive. But I don't because I have this guilt about like the reason for it. And you totally just have to let go of that guilt. It reminded me of a few things. So first of all, in, in this same category of like, physical physicality and body image and stuff. I remember when I first started going to my gym, deep down, the reason was because I was feeling like I had gained some weight. I was feeling different in my clothes. I wanted to lose weight. But when my trainer asked me like, what's, what's, what are your goals? I was like, nobody wants to say, nobody Nobody wants to say I want to lose weight. (sighs) I was like, well, I definitely, you know, I know every time I'm in a routine with working out, my mood is better, which is true. And so I want to get back into a routine. I want to get stronger because feeling stronger makes me like mentally These are empowered. The, the only things we're allowed to say. The only things we're allowed to say. And I was like, it, those things are true. Those are true. And they're underneath the surface. They're there yeah. as motivators for the reason why I go. But the thing that motivated me from not working out for six months to decide to go join a gym was because I felt like I was gaining weight and I wanted to get in better shape Physically, That's I wanted to look reason. better in my clothes and feel better in my skin. It's the only reason. And I remember my trainer actually asked me about that more. He was like, can you talk about the physical aspects if there are any? And I kind of hesitated. And he was like, I get I get where you're coming from. I, I've had like a long life of insecurity about my body and being overweight and, and like not knowing how to grapple with that and like communicate that to other people and is it okay to feel bad about that and want to change it or should I just like embrace it and be who I am type of thing so I had that whole type of conversation with him he really encouraged it and he was like you're allowed to be here for physical reasons too he's like I started this gym because for physical reasons and every day I'm in here lifting to get buffer because I want to look like a buff yeah. gym bro I it's bet, like my goal that's I what i want he from doing all these intake interviews at the gym he must be hearing this all the time because i know totally. it's fucking true that everyone's afraid to say that any superficiality plays into their right. fitness routine because well, we're supposed to just accept ourselves it's like i do accept myself and also i want to look better i want to look it, it, by, a, however i want to look by the same account then <laughs> lipstick is evil yeah lipstick is evil just fucking accept your fucking uncolored lip color then right is lipstick evil like wearing lipstick wearing mascara wanting to curl your hair like wanting to wear a cute top doesn't mean that you've like lost all your values and in fact to have balance in fact it actually like there's a cycle to it there's a cyclical nature where like when you do things for your physicality that make you feel like you look good your mental state change the changes the way you think about yourself changes the way that you move through the world changes like i've actually found that that's where my confidence sometimes comes from is the fact that i get my nails done every three weeks is the fact that i do my hair and makeup like it's okay for me to say that that helps my confidence yes it's totally okay it doesn't mean that i feel like i'm a shit person until i put on makeup yes but like i can recognize that i do those things to feel better about myself and that they work. And then there's like this cycle where like it continues to feed and I continue to feel better about myself. You can, you can let both exist. It is, it is superficial. It is literally the definition of superficial. And that doesn't mean that it's completely without value. And so like moving on to what I, I think 
you know, she's talking about that balance. Okay, so we don't want to be in the danger zone of our motivations being 100% superficial. Like, no, that's not going to sustain you. Yeah, I know that and I've been true. in that place. I don't think that's going to sustain you. I don't think that's a healthy place to be. So yes, we want to get like more in the middle. I just first want to like erase this idea that it has to be like all enlightenment. Yeah. Fucking, okay, well, I'll see you in the next five You can have whatever happening. reasons you yes, want. Yeah. Right. Stop beating yourself up. You're already beating yourself up plenty. You're doing an A-plus job beating yourself up. Yeah. Let's not do more. Yeah. Um, for me, first of all, the, the transformation, like the journey for, towards a healthier body image, it's, it's been at least 15 years in the making. And I think I'm at like, I would say I'm at like a medium place right now. I would say I'm probably a little more negative maybe than the average person, but also like the average woman is pretty negative. Yeah. So I think I'm pretty normal these days. There's no easy answer to this, duh. This is an entire industry, like wanting to like have healthy fitness and healthy relationship to your body. Anything that we can say here, it's just, you know, the tip of the iceberg. So take it with a grain of salt. It's taken me about 15 years to even feel moderately functional. And that you can say anything about yeah, it probably, totally. you know? Yeah, But I would say probably the single biggest thing that has helped me is setting realistic and healthy role models for myself. And by healthy, I really don't mean weight. I really, I mean like body type and proportions. Yeah. There's, for example... You know, a fitness influencer that probably a ton of people know, Kayla Itzinas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Her workouts are amazing. And she just has a body type I will never have. Mm -hmm. Even when I weighed 87 pounds when I was 16, I my body didn't look like hers. It It's just not how I'm built. And I find that I used to, like, do her fitness app and, and do her exercises. And the more I was inundated with images of a body I could truly never have, the more focused I am on it. And it, and it just... It's perspective. It's like, what are you focusing on? So to me, the biggest impact has been like finding fitness influencers or just like everyday, uh, you know, Instagram influencers, models, friends, whoever, who represent attainable goals that make sense for your body. I, I actually think that my favorite movie of all time, The Silence of the Lambs, has really good insights on this topic where Hannibal turns to Clarice and he says, Clarice, what do we covet? And she says, we covet the things we see every day. So wow. like, what are you inundating yourself Brilliant. with every day? And when I find myself getting like a, t a little too, you know, I have like really muscular legs, like ridiculously muscular legs. It's how I'm built. I'm not trying to erode that muscle anymore. I couldn't if I wanted to. And when I get fixated on having the body of some wafy model, the legs mm -hmm. of some wafy model, it's not better or worse. But if I start setting that as my goal, I'm going to start feeling worse about the way that I am. And as soon as I, I will like remember, I'll recognize it. I'll pull up my phone and I'll look at a couple influencers who are built muscularly like me. And, and I can see how they're owning it. And I can see how they dress for that body type. Um, and I can see how they like, uh, hype that up and make that feel like the best thing. And it suddenly makes me feel so much better. Right. It makes me feel excited about how I'm built. And when you look at their pictures, I'll speak for myself. Like I've, I've done the same thing. I've anytime a picture pops up on my Instagram of somebody who makes me feel bad about myself, I unfollow. This is something I've yeah. been practicing for the last year You don't need to be fucking looking so. at that shit. It's just not worth it for my mental health and my comparing myself to everything that I see. And what I started, then I started to do what you're doing and like follow people who look more like me, have body types like me, have skin tones like me, 
dress in the way that I aspire to, all of that. And like, it's amazing how when you look at a picture of them, like Ashley Graham, she's like a very well-known curve model. I think she's the most beautiful person on the planet. And my body is not unlike hers. I'm shorter than her, but nevertheless, the curves, I love to see her in a bathing suit on Instagram. And I'm like, she looks amazing. When I'm looking at this picture, I'm not even saying to myself, she looks amazing for a curvier woman. I'm not saying any of that. She simply looks amazing. And for me to look at somebody who's curvier and whose body is similar to mine and look objectively be like, she looks amazing. It starts to infiltrate my mind where like eventually I can feel that way about myself a little bit more, get closer to it as opposed to comparing everything that like doesn't look like me that I used to see all the time. So it's like you're staring at those people and you're seeing how they celebrate it and how they dress for that body and how whatever. But you're also like telling yourself that that's what looks good because I don't know. You you think that of someone else. It's so it's so much easier to look at a picture of someone else and think they look amazing right. than look at a picture of yourself and think the same thing, even if you, like, look identical to the person. I know. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with that is, like, I'm trying to trick myself into thinking I'm Ashley Graham sometimes, yeah. you know, because I look more like her than I look like Kayla Itzinas or whatever. So, yes. It's, again, to me, about where you choose to focus your energy and attention. This is the part that you do have control over is like, where do you invest attention over and over and over? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, No, I feel the same way. My older sister always said this to me, and she's someone who, like all of us, does have insecurities, but I would say my impression from what she shared with me is that um, she always seemed to have a better sense of self about her body. Mm -hmm. And she always like would say to me, you know, you can get wrapped up in other people's... I think a lot of it is getting wrapped up in how other we think other people are judging our bodies. Other people are judging our appearance. Yeah. And the thing she would say is like, you know, I'm the only one who has to live in this body. I'm the only one who has to experience life from this body. So do I want that experience to be starving to myself, to be hating myself in front of the mirror? Or am I going to like show up and enjoy whatever I get to do in this body. Like, I'm the only one who gets to experience it. I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting as someone who focuses very much on what other people think of me. Yeah. No, I think that's helpful. Um, And I think it's also okay to focus on, like, kind of part of what you're saying is also that it's okay to be aware that what other people think is a factor sometimes. Well, in moderation, yeah. Yeah. If, if If a guy I was dating put no effort into attracting me, I would feel fucking robbed. Like, I don't get to feel attracted to you in this life. Yeah. That's fucking annoying to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, I don't... What? Yeah. Yeah, what? We're allowed to... <laughs> we're allowed to want to attract somebody. Actually, yeah, I feel like getting mad at yourself... This is, like, a bigger topic that I do find interesting. Like, getting mad at yourself for the reason you feel something as opposed to just, like, letting yourself feel it. Yeah. Because... And especially when it comes to dating, um, attracting the opposite sex, that sort of thing. Because I remember, like, what this question made me think of, which has nothing to do really with body image, and, yeah, who knows if it's relevant or helpful to anyone, but, like, it made me think of how when I was really actively dating, it was, like, a big focus of my life and what I did outside of work for, like, a year or so. And... I felt really weird about the fact that it was a focus. I was like... You're judging it. I was judging myself. I was like, why am I making this such a priority? Why is this such a focus? And I remember talking to my therapist about it. I was like, I'm dating, yeah, but like, I feel like it's like the only thing that I'm really 
spending my mental space on. And like, I feel weird about that. And we explored it and it wasn't actually, I wasn't actually thinking about it that unhealthily. The, the thing that was bugging me was just that it was like my number one thing at the time. And I was like, why is attracting a partner like my number one concern right now? And she was like, why are you being so hard on yourself about that? Like it's everybody like, wants to find love. Like, like the most important thing in life for most like, people. Literally everybody's goal. Like people have different career goals, different people have different like goals of where they want to live and what they want to spend their time on. But like everybody wants to find love. But I, I would so, actually say that people spend like even more energy on their career. And I would say that's more superficial. Yeah, that's more of a stupid thing. That's true. But I was telling myself, like, why am I not more focused on work? Why am I not more focused on this? As if somebody gets to their deathbed and they're like, I wish I'd focus less on finding love and focus more on my career. Totally. But but I'm laughing because I feel I I judge myself in the same way. Because I'm dating now and I feel vapid. I feel superficial. I feel self-indulgent. I feel whatever. And it's like, obviously you want that balance, but such a good point. Yeah, I felt like am I presenting as like a vapid person that only cares about this, like so superficial and so like pick me and so like boy obsessed and whatever. And I I don't know. It's like you're allowed to want the things you want. If they're judging you for it, it's because they are judging themselves for it. So like do the thing that is going to make you feel good, I guess, and get you closer to the things you want in life. And if that means focusing on dating or dressing in a certain way or doing your makeup in a certain way or whatever, then fucking do it. Like it's, it's what's getting yeah. you closer to the thing you want. You want to move on? Yeah. Okay. Tell me a story. Oh, okay. I have a complaint. Okay. <laughs> <That'll work. laughs> I have a complaint. Have I talked to you about how I've been doing laser hair removal? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've done like six sessions once a month. So same frequency as waxing and hair is almost completely gone. Okay. And it's cost less than, it costs less than doing six sessions of waxing. Really? And I've done it for like all over my body. And my, but my only complaint, okay, I would say perfect, perfect, A plus, A plus, A plus across the board. Yep. For lasering. They are not, if you've ever gotten a bikini wax, there's a part of the, of the experience and lasering. The, the butt strip. The butt strip. The best part. It's, I like, I like calling it the butt strip because it, it makes me think of like the Gaza strip and I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's a war zone. Yeah, it's a war zone. I love, the butt strip is what I look forward the to. It's like strip. my little gift at the end of the session. It, I'm like, oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you would think if you've never been waxed or lasered, you would think it's the most painful, but it's the least. Right. It's the least. It's really, truly Which a delight. Good yeah. news because it is a furry place for me. Okay. Yeah. We're, saying, we're saying that. If this is we're upsetting to you, it's the wrong podcast. Like, yeah, that's fine. Hey, if we, listen, we've all got butt cracks. We do. If we you tell hair. me, if you tell, tell, I have a feeling we have a hairy audience. Yeah. So what do you think? Who's listening to us? The two of us that's not really hairy. Really it doesn't hairy. make any sense. Yeah. yeah. These eyebrows, <laughs> this, Please. this is exactly what it looks like when you look stare between my butt. Totally. I'm Lebanese. I'm a, I have coarse, thick hair. I get it. Yeah. And yet, and yet, they are not really getting in there in the right way. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's partly, and I don't know how to problem solve this. It's partly the tools they're using. Like really what we need is like some kind of wedge shaped laser that they can kind of like credit card swipe my butt with. Totally. But uh, short of that... What's the tool shape currently? It looks like they're doing an ultrasound. You know, it's like a big thing. And I'm like, okay, so either someone has to spread them. You got to spread them or, or I, I got to spread them. I'm happy to spread them. <laughs> but I feel like you can't just reach down and spread them unless they prompt you. I need them to, I need them to invite me to spread them yeah. before I can spread them. And nobody's asking me to spread okay. them. Okay. 
And and then I had the thought, I had the delusional thought the other day, like, I have a pretty large butt in proportion to the rest of my body. Totally, we love it. Big, <laughs> I would say. And I had the thought the other day where I was like, well, they probably never had to a laser a butt this Stop, I love it. <laughs> and then I was like, wait. They've never seen anything like it. <laughs> like, that's probably not true. The, the Kardashians aren't the ones that started lasering as, like, a major trend. Probably not true. So then I had the thought, if they're not spreading mine and they're not getting in mine, they're not getting in any butt. They're not getting here. in any butts. Yeah. And I'm paying. I'm not saying that it's not weird to have you spread my butt <laughs> and laser it, but it is what you, it is what you, we agreed to. Right. And I'm paying for it. Okay. So, so how do I get out of this? I feel like. How do I get into it? You need to say. Exactly. I would just say. I would suggest. Spread them. Or like, don't you think I should spread them a little? Maybe ask the ask it, frame it as a question. Be like, do, are you thinking I should spread them? Yeah, yeah, Because I knew we're both like, thinking the same thing. Or you look like you wanted me to spread them. Like, I feel like if you frame it as like uh, an obvious want? I want suggestion. You, I want you to have what you want. An obvious suggestion. Like, make them think it was their idea. But that's what you have to do in this life. You have to make other people think it was their idea. Oh, did you say spread them? I thought I heard you say. <laughs> also, notice how we both refuse to say butt or butt cheek or like what are we saying? Whole, um, we're just saying spread them. Oh, there's like there's this unspoken agreement that like you're gonna stare into my butthole and I'm gonna show it to you, but neither of us are gonna say what yeah, you're looking absolutely at. Absolutely not, especially cheek. Cheek. Like should I spread my cheeks? Cheek? I don't like spread that. My cheeks. No. My bouncers. My. <laughs> Wait, okay, you've already had how many sessions? Like eight. <laughs> I think you need to say, maybe, okay, the other approach, you could take it very much from like a client. I'm like, they're I'm not getting in there for they're a job. Not, that's the thing is that yeah. I'm paying for this, I'm getting the laser. You can be like, At the end I of feel it, like there's still like a good, like more hair there than I want. That's Should true, I be that's spreading yeah. them while you do, while you what would you recommend do that I area? Do? Yeah. What would you recommend I do? Yeah, ask them and then they'll say something. And if they don't say spread them, then you can be like, what about spreading them? <laughs> <laughs> this girl, I went in yesterday and she actually like twice lasered over my butthole. And I was like, there's nothing happening in the hole. It's a hole. Like, there's nothing coming just out of like the hole. Over the- yeah, like, it singed me. I was like, you just <sighs> fucking burnt my butthole. And she did it once. And I was like, well, that was probably an accident because it never happened before. And she did it twice. And I was like, okay, I have to say something because she keeps lasering my butthole, like, the hole. That's weird. And I was like, first of all, okay, once I'll forgive. Twice, you, what does it say? Fool me once, shame, shame on, on you. you. Fool me, me twi- twice, burn, burn my bottle twice, yeah. shame yeah, on yeah, me. Yeah, I gotta yeah, say yeah. something. Yeah. But I, and then I was paralyzed by like, how do I say this? Like, I was like, I'm trying to think of a synonym for butthole. All I could think of is like asshole, or maybe saying like the hole, like you burned the hole. <laughs> I was like, that's so much worse. The orifice, the hole, <laughs> the, the almighty eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I was just, I was just like, kid, that was you just burned my butthole. Do you I have a different this. person every time? It's like whoever they can schedule you with, or is it the same person? It's often different. Okay, because that would help the situation too. Remember last time how you burned my butthole? Not this time, please. Well, that and just like if you have a report, because. One of the things I look forward to about getting my bikini waxes Nothing. is I Nothing. I am friends with my waxer, uh, Iris. We chat she all things. No, she's black. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is kind of an uh, like Russian, it's Eastern not, European name. No, it's not, it not at all. But I feel like every waxer I've always ever had has oh, always been Russian. No, not. I don't know if I've had any 
But it makes sense. There's something about that that makes sense. But no. Um, no, Iris and I, we talk about Love is Blind. We talk about the shows. We talk about Love Island. And it makes the time pass. And I really do feel like on top of the world when I leave European Wax Center. That's, but I don't accept. I, I'm surprised that everyone has a different, everyone has different nerve endings yeah. in different places. Uh, Mine are all in life in China. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some what to do's. Let's do our last one. Yeah, I'll read the last one. Okay. This one's a deep one. Deep cut. Yeah. I, f- I have feelings about it. I think you're going to have more feelings than me. Okay, sick. <laughs> okay, the theme is how to rebuild trust slash openness while dating and remain unjaded despite previous bad experiences. So the backstory from this listener is she found out about a month ago that a nice guy who she'd previously dated had been systematically lying to her and had dated other women the whole time. Oh, another woman the whole time, as well as having numerous hookups while they were dating. So she was shocked. He seemed like a really nice, non-pressuring, somewhat insecure guy who felt lucky to be with her. I thought I'd gotten closure, but I've been on a couple of dates and I'm much more on guard around guys who normally wouldn't have raised any mental alarm signals. So basically she's saying like, she found out this guy was trifling after the fact. It was somebody that she really trusted, found out she shouldn't have trusted him. And now she's like trying to date other people and she has trust issues, you know? I mean, I have I have thoughts because this is something that I feel like I've had to deal with a lot. And it's interesting because, okay, I guess the quick backstory is just, I mean, I've talked about my long relationship that didn't work out, but I don't know if I've like specifically said what wasn't working and what went down. And I don't know how much I'm comfortable sharing, but I will say that he very quickly after we broke up, got into a new relationship and it was like, five-year relationship we broke up and then three weeks later he's dating someone new it's fucking psychopathic and it's somebody that i know was like in his circle right so like through like, work you don't whatever. even you don't even need to know what the exact dates are it's exactly. fucking suspect it's suspect your, your heart is should not be open to someone after a five-year relationship if your heart was really in that relationship right there's emotional cheating or some kind of cheating somewhere you're fucking you're sus. totally you're sus. you're sus and it happens all the time i have so many friends who have been through similar things um and so coming into dating again after that relationship, I was like on an all like the highest alert possible. If somebody gave me any reason to doubt that they were into me, I like took an inch and, and went a mile. Like I was so insecure and so sure that like everyone out there was trying to hurt me and looking for ways that they were gonna hurt me and looking for patterns too, like triggered by patterns that had existed in that relationship um, that I was seeing play out again, even though those patterns, I don't know, it's like, maybe this person is just, just communicates in this way, but I'd be like, oh, my ex communicated in that way and he did this to me, so you must also be a person that would do this to me. Um, And it really wasn't until I got into my current relationship and was kind of with someone who's committed to me where we have to work through stuff and he wanted to stick around for this chaos and insecurity that I was bringing that I've started to make progress and like no longer feel that way. I feel like the only way that I've made progress is just by seeing that my current partner like sticks around, like something happens that might be a trigger to me. 
we talk about it and I realize why I interpreted it the wrong way because of my like fucked up past with my ex. And then the next day he's still there. And then the cycle continues and it constant, it like happens less now than it did at the beginning, but it was happening a lot at the beginning. And the fact that he was still there the next day was like the only thing that helped me start to heal that. So when I was dating more casually and I wasn't with people who were going to be there the next day. How are they going to help you build trust? You you don't have a relationship of trust with them. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've found out that I did not expect in now being in a new relationship. I've talked to you a little bit about it is like a lot of the healing that I had to do from my past relationship is in the new relationship is in the new relationship yeah I've, I've heard that a lot for trust I feel like trusting specifically is not something I've really struggled with and again this is something that you could like build an entire therapeutic career on so we'll touch on whatever the little I know and Jess's personal experience but I feel like that is what I've learned is that for people I talk about it who are like struggling with this is that you it's true for so much healing that you do you don't do like you do some healing on your own and a lot of it you have to do in the relationship and that you you learn trust again by taking leaps yeah um yeah by going against what you're like untrusting subconscious is trying to tell you to do like yeah i don't know you have to be cautious you have to be in tune with your gut but like if it feels like you're in a safe place with a person who feels safe even though, do you know that for sure? No, you, you kind of have never will. to. You never, no, you never will. will. That's, I feel like that's the biggest thing that you can kind of sometimes, I think sometimes you forget is that like trusting the sound, I'm going to sound so stupid saying this, but I know I need to say it. Trusting is not knowing. Trusting yes. is not vetting. Trusting is not always knowing where your partner is and what they're doing and what you're thinking. Let me tell you what, you never will know. Yep. Even if you could get their, the point. Even if you could get your, their <laughs> diary, people aren't even often honest fully with themselves. You don't ever actually fully know a person. Yep. You do not. Please debate me. You haven't thought about it very hard if you want to debate me. You never know. You, <laughs> you never don't. fully know all of another person. That's the point of trust. That, it's like, I don't you have don't to know. know what you're up to and yes. I trust you. The, that is yes. what it is. The point is not to figure out what they do and what they think and what um, is going to happen all the time. The I feel like trust is... There are things like you described in a relationship of like fearing some outcome, letting yourself wade through it, letting yourself wade through the fear and seeing how your partner like reassures you on the other end. But another part of it is really just trusting yourself. For me, it's trusting that like actually no matter what happens, I know I will be well. I know I will be okay because the truth is that you can have a loving relationship for 30 years and then encounter like tragedy yeah you can have a loving relationship for however long and be cheated on or have found out the person was cheating on you the whole time um to find out the person had a second life a second partner the entire time to have it fall apart at the last minute to have them change their mind about what they want 20 years down the road like these aren't like fantastical things. These are things that happen every day. All the time. So um, there's actually not a way to vet that none of it will ever happen to you. I think it is more about like being willing to take risk and being willing to take leaps intelligently and trusting that you have the tools and the support system and the emotional like foundation to be well, even when shocking and disappointing things happen. Which is one thing, but the the other part is that like for me, I have been cheated on and I would say those were like the least of the problems in the mm-hmm. relationship. I think such a good point. People say a lot of the time like it's a symptom. 
cheating is just a symptom of some deeper issue, which I, I think is pretty true. Like I can't imagine a way in which you would cheat and like everything else really is perfect. Yeah. So to me, I never even got like I forgot that this ex cheated on me. Because what stood out so much clearer was the fact that like I I felt so unsafe in this relationship. Even before I knew he cheated, I just felt like so unsafe. I felt so unsupported. I felt so this is like my first very like first relation like serious relationship. And um that being said, there's also the kinds of cheaters who are like total psychopaths and they're comfortably lie to your face. But even I had friends who'd been cheated on in that way by someone who'd lied to their face and it was seemingly present in every other way. But there was like something that would keep them up at night. And there was mm-hmm. there was something that they felt in their bones. So I, I feel like it's it's more about like I almost feel like the cheating itself doesn't matter. It's more about like, how does this person make you feel in a relationship? Because if they make you feel, if you feel terrified in a relationship and that person is not cheating on you, still, still not a relationship you should stay in. Totally. Yeah. So while you can't always call the people who will be cheaters, I also knew like one of our closest family friends seemed like the nicest fucking guy we knew Mm. the nicest most ideal family and i don't know the kids found out that he'd just had another wife for like what for like 15 years for like 15 years like the same person and uh you know wow this dissolved the family and and it wasn't someone you could point to and be like yeah this showed or there was that tell or this or that you, I'm not saying you can call it all the time, but... Which actually should be a comfort because what your brain is doing yeah. is seeing things in other people that might, like, remind you of the person that hurt you and saying, oh, because they're this way, they down the line will hurt me because that's what I've seen before. But it's actually not something that is, like, attached to any one trait. Just because yeah. someone, oh, like what we talked about last week speaks to the waiter a certain way doesn't mean that they won't cheat on you doesn't mean that they will whatever I don't know like you can see things that remind you of someone else in a partner because we're often attracted to like similar types of people and we're we're basing everything based on past experience exactly so it's the data that you have to pull from yeah but like that doesn't actually mean anything it's a brand new person you have to really I don't know. There's no like quick fix to becoming more open other than seeing Taking yourself. risk. Yeah. Even, seeing yourself not be open a million times and be like, am I getting anywhere? Am I this? getting anywhere? Is this better? Yeah. Is this making my life better? Yeah. Like it, it's so understandable. You need the time to heal when you've been like hurt in any relationship, in a friendship, family, romantic, whatever. Like you probably need time to process and go away. I'm not saying like rush back into things, but from the very, very little that I've heard talking to my friends who, like, this is the thing they struggle with, you do a lot of that healing and learning by taking the risk and by making yourself vulnerable again. By dating, yeah. Yeah, you have to make yourself vulnerable again. And I would definitely say this is something you should definitely talk to a professional about so you can get the specific support because I fucking don't have it. Totally. Um, but one one shitty thing I will say. Can I say a shitty thing? Please. Always. Something that she put in this um, message to us, this DM, which who knows what all she meant by this, but she included like, oh, you know, he was just like a normal, like nice seeming guy who was like maybe a little insecure and felt lucky to be with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's dig into that. That's not, I I read that as more of a red flag than a green flag. Thousand. Let me tell you this. This is, I don't know anything about this guy, so I can't fucking say. And this isn't the case 100% of the time, but someone, man or woman, who's always like, 
I don't deserve you. I don't deserve you. I. They're hiding something. They. There's a reason <laughs> they feel guilty. Yeah. Probably because they're cheating on you. Or it might not be that they're cheating on you. Maybe that it's such a core feeling of unworthiness that they truly believe they don't deserve you. I've also dated that person. And guess what? That also ended our relationship. Yeah. Someone who truly feels that 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 one resulted in him accusing me of cheating on him all the time because he felt like he was so undeserving of being with me. Like either way, that statement, I'm so fortunate to be with you. There's a way to feel that gratitude, like in a grounded way. But as soon as it gets to an extreme, whether they're cheating or they just have low sense of self-worth, that's, that's kind of a death sentence either way. Yeah, totally. If they don't feel like an equal in the relationship, it, it has nothing. It probably has yeah. nothing to do with how you're actually showing up and no, treating it's them. Their relationship it's, to they're themselves. bringing this insecurity to the relationship. Yeah, yeah they're to, they're uh, yes. It's either a cover for guilt or it's like they don't feel enough. They might go seek that enoughness through something else, which is why most cheating happens. Exactly. Yeah. So I I do agree that part of the message was really. I think she telling. Included, I think she included it as like. Oh, he's not the type who would cheat. But when I read that, I'm like, that's exactly the type who cheats. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. As yeah. soon as I read it out loud, I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, fuck, ding, you fucking ding, ding. I forgot about this part of the message. Yeah. Um, the other thing, okay, this is tangential a little bit. But while we are talking about trust, I feel like something interesting that I ref- I've been reflecting on a lot, I don't know, in the last couple of years, like ever since that relationship, <laughs> is that I thought I trusted my ex in the sense that, like, I actually did trust him not to cheat on me. Mm-hmm. But trust is so much more than, like, being loyal to your partner sexually, sexually and yes. emotionally. Like, it's with another so much person. More. That's, why I, that's why I honestly feel, like, if someone cheated on me, yeah, I guess that would be the end. But sometimes I'm like, it almost feels like the least of the worries. Totally. It's like, there wasn't trust here to begin with. Do you make me feel like a, do you make me feel like emotionally safe? Yeah. Yeah. I just think that's notable because I feel like whenever people talk about trust, they equate it to like whether somebody's going to cheat on yeah. you or not and whether you can trust them around like people of the opposite sex or same that's sex like, or whatever that's or not. baseline. It's baseline. Fucking it's like baseline. actually trust looks like. You know, are you going to follow through on the things that you say yes. you're going to do? Are you going to, like, show up for me when I'm not my best self? Are you going to, like... Can I share, like, thoughts and ideas I have without you shooting them down? Totally. Or feeling that. like I'm risking something by telling you. Risking yes. our relationship. Risking our security. Like, it's it's so much more than just the cheating. And I would say to this person, like, explore those parts of that relationship in your to yourself. And, like, really think about... Like, did we have that type of trust in the first place? Because if you can get a little more to the root of, like, the other things that were wrong with it, you might be able to move on yeah. easier. That's so... Bitch, you fucking nailed it! We got... We came... We got together! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking navigating it together. Yeah. <gasps> That's all you can do. God. Hate navigating. I, I hate navigating! the word navigating. It's... I think it's a... I think Constantly. It's a red flag in me that I can yeah, Me too. It. I can very much own that. I'm, I'm a fucking saying it flag. left and right. Yeah! But like, I don't know. What else are we doing what's other than the, navigating? What's the better... What's the other... What's an alternative? What's a synonym? Toodle-doing? <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that's it. That'll work. Or like fumbling. Honestly, stumbling. Fumbling, what's stumbling. That song? What's that song? Oh, 
Hey, you made me trippin'. Yeah, you made me trippin'. Oh, I'm falling in love. I have an ick to share with you. Please. Okay. Immediately. <laughs> My ick that I realized yesterday is when grown men say, the whole wide world. <laughs> I feel like I'm making you so petty, and I, I think it's you're really, just bringing it out in I me. I think I'm bringing. It's always been in you, it's but been I there. think this is actually how I feel about old people. I think it's in everyone. Totally. I don't think I'm teaching people. Listen, first of all, I obviously you're think, teaching. Me. I think Professor Caroline. I think I'm teaching. Yeah. I'm enlightening. Yeah. But I don't think I'm teaching people what to be mad about. I think I'm just. I think I'm just telling them um, the words of of what they already felt. Yes. I think I think I've felt these things all the time. Yes, I've have. just not taken the time to like scream it into a microphone. Really notice it, yeah, <laughs> and scream it into a microphone and reflect on why it's and all me of up that. At night. This like, is what I stay up at night doing. Yeah, I like sleep, so like it's oh. been yeah, it's not been my experience. I've Couldn't been be sleeping me. less. I will say yeah, <laughs> ever yeah. since. Um, no, but I was watching this the real whole wide world. the whole wide world. So fucking funny. I was like, what is this man? No, no shade to this man. I actually really like the project he's working on. But um, this guy who lives in Chicago is doing all these Instagram reels of someone you personally know, or just no, just like an he's. I wouldn't even. I don't know if I'd call him an influencer. Maybe he's a local influencer, and he's doing this thing. Internet person. He's an internet person in Chicago. He's trying to dine at restaurants for every different type of food in the world, all in Chicago. So he's going around the Chicagoland area and being like, I'm gonna find a Bulgarian restaurant. I'm gonna find a Lebanese restaurant. I'm gonna find a Czech restaurant. And like going and tasting the food and he'll do a different reel for each thing. Okay, that's a a cool project. Cool, Cool. you're so cool. (laughs) Um, And so his reel popped up. I don't follow him, but it popped up in my, you know, feed the other day. And he was like, I'm, he was, it was like the intro of the video and he was like, hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm doing this thing where I travel around Chicago and eat every food from the whole wide world. Or something like, unfollow. I was like, what the fuck? I've seen his videos pop up before and he, I don't think he's ever said whole wide world. <laughs> but in this video, he said whole wide world. And I was like, sir. You're so petty. Sir. So petty. I was so upset. And I went to the comments to see if anyone else had called him out no, on it. No, they no. were like, oh, that looks good. But I couldn't finish watching the video. I don't know what he ate. Yes, everyone else is well. Everyone else is well. No one else is coming. That's hilarious. Yeah, so that's like number that's to the your, top of the Icarus. Girl, that's your V-neck tea. That's, that's my a fucking tea. V-neck tea. It's actually not. It's not not legitimate, but it is superficial as fuck. Oh, totally. But I, just, I cannot. Like I cannot touch a person. And you that can't. Says yeah, that. you can't choose I can't your way touch out of that. you. I could. You whole wide world. I would just say that it may. I'm laughing so hard because it is so funny that that's what I'm saying. You mean I kind of get it, but it's like not my V-neck tea. Wow. Not my V-neck. I'm, I'm fine with the V-neck. I will say it. Literally, Not a deep V. That's why when we talked about it, I clarified because no, I hate the deep No, bees. I literally was in a workout yesterday and I was looking at these men and imagining, I was like photoshopping their shirts in my head and imagining <laughs> if they were a V-neck and I was just like, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. I can't. You're done, son. You're What's done. from? I've never heard that before. Oh, I think me and my best friend say it sometimes. Do you ever have those things where like... You have been saying an inside joke for so long with your family or friends or whatever that you think it's from something. It's from my life. It's from me. It's me me jokes. Yeah. It's me. It's It's been me the whole time. That's my ick.
We could answer a question that a listener wrote us in a comment. Oh, am I going to hate it? No, you liked it. You already okay. indicated that you liked it, okay. unless things have changed drastically Probably. since this morning. <laughs> Probably. They asked us individually if each of us were a day of the week and a specific time of day. Let me clarify. What would we be? That I I hate You hated that. it. I, I Damn it, like, I loved it. I can't tell. I was like, oh, what would Caroline be? I what would I be? I can't. I think this person has a really good sense of humor, right? That's not a genuine question. I thought it was genuine. That cannot be a genuine question. That it's is like, a, to me, that is a funny person. Okay. That is a funny. They're probably funny. I'm going to assume that that question is like meta and she is aware that that's a hilarious thing. But she wants an answer is, what, is my crazy. point. That's That's like, I think she might realize it's funny, but I think she also wants an answer. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. All right. What is your answer? Wait, repeat the question. I think I will talk to over you. Okay. If each of us were a day of the week and a time of day, like Tuesday at 6 p.m., whatever, what would it be? I can answer for I thought about yours and mine. Please. Okay. I'm Friday at 4 p.m. <laughs> I fucking love myself. So dumb. Why? Because Why? I am like the brink of excitement. <laughs> you know, like I'm not, I'm not like the most, I'm like cool, don't get me wrong, but I'm not like the most energy or like the most exciting like friday night like 10 p.m but i'm like on the brink i'm like i'm ready to party you're you're about you're like getting excited about the thing that's coming next oh okay i think that's a really good answer and i think i have a balance of like i'm professional people always comment about the podcast that i'm like professional well i think it's it's dissipated as we've gone on but at the beginning you keep ranting about the whole wide world you're not that professional but at the beginning people are always like oh jess is the professional one whatever caroline don't worry about not being professional we need both of you i'm i'm just like fucking you should see me at work i'm always saying bullshit and being rude but my point is i have the professionalism which is still like 4 p.m is technically you're still on the clock yeah no but it's friday afternoon and you're like ready to get out and enjoy the world i think that's me so i think that's a great answer and it actually makes me appreciate the question more okay yeah so do you want to think about yours or do you want to give me you to tell me what i thought i'm gonna decide in my head okay (laughs) <laughs> I could go, like, different directions with it. Yeah, I'm just... Well, I want to hear what you say. I definitely know time of day. I think I know that one, too. I'm just trying to figure out... What's the time of day? It's, like, 2 a.m. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. I'm trying to... I want to say Thursday at 2... Or, or Friday... I guess it's Friday at 2 a.m., like, Thursday night, Friday morning at Yeah, 2 I think it might be, but the important clarification is that it's Friday 2 a.m. when you're alone. Yeah, you're not, totally. You're not in a club. No, 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 no. That's no. why. It's, that's why it's not the weekend. It's that's, why, that's why it's not Saturday two a.m. Oh, Friday morning. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Thursday yes. night into Friday morning. That's honestly most of my life is like me awake alone at two a.m. I feel like it's you just being like, ah, ah. <laughs> like yeah. whether you're trying to sleep but having thoughts about V-neck t-shirts, right? Or you're awake still like working on yes. something. I worked till like 1 or 2 a.m. every single night this week. And then last night, I put myself to bed at midnight, and I was feeling so healthy and responsible. And then I ended up crying until 2. <laughs> I just alone in and my then bed. Once it was 2, it was the time of day that's you. And you were like, yeah, okay, I can rest now. Literally, literally, I cried till like 1.45, and then I got out of bed. And um, and I, I was like, I think I've been crying for an hour, and it'd been like an hour and a half. Oh. And then I was like, now it's time to take some melatonin. And then I finally went to sleep at two. Yeah, you're the you're the melatonin pop in time. 
That's exactly, you're like. The time that you give up on your body's ability to put itself to sleep and you take some pills. That's, that's the time you. Of yeah. Sunday. We're both like on a, on the cusp of something, you know? <laughs> on the cusp of wellness and on the cusp of joy. <laughs> wellness and joy are like the two things that people are pursuing the most. I'm really life. touched that we knew it was 2 a.m. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. Okay. All right. Great. Good question. So cheers. Cheers to us. First of all, I want you to know that this and every episode is edited. Okay, is edited, edited. by our sweet romantic love, Prince Abby Newhouse. You can find her on Instagram at Abby Newhouse. Abby spelled A B I. Yeah. Newhouse. She's edgy like that. She has a podcast of her own. She's a brilliant writer. She writes for District Frey magazine. You can see her works of journalism, and she's also a great audio editor. And a this beloved is all friend, a beloved she is really, partner. she is really, she's the true sweetie pie. And yes. I got to meet her in person this week, and it was a delight. It was a delight to meet her, a delight to know her. To know her is to love her, Prince Abby. <laughs> Thank you for all you do. Yeah, we love Prince Abby. Um, but you can find us on Instagram, Not For Everyone Pod, with the number four, Not For Everyone Pod. We also be on YouTube. We're gonna have a different kind of YouTube video this week which is filmed just filmed on my camera it's not going to be this every week but it's just because we're together yeah yeah it's gonna be fun and hopefully we'll hell. we'll have chances to do it more and more often i know so, yeah. eventually we're gonna move in together yeah we are I know. whenever you describe like being sad at night or not being able to fall asleep i like envision myself just yeah. getting into your bed and cuddling oh, you fuck you <laughs> that's so nice. i want to take care of you i feel like we should say that people did according to jess who relayed the messages to me people sent in a lot of very thank helpful you. and thoughtful Yes. DMs about my night terrors, that, they which they sent to Jess and she filtered and gave me the takeaways from the helpful ones. Um, I also had some friends weigh in and I do think ultimately it's just a general anxiety. I have like a safe, like a set, a lack of safety that I have in my own home right now. Yeah. And it's, it's just translating to my version of nightmares. Yeah. When I go to sleep. Yeah. But it was, um, people wrote in very, very helpful, very kind, kind yeah. of thing. So I really appreciated that. Yeah. I <laughs> truly like all of my DMs. I have like four people being like, Jess, the thing you said made me laugh. And then 30 people being like, for Caroline, this is what she needs to do. <laughs> so we, we do appreciate We do yeah. appreciate And I will say this. When I went on my solo trip, I didn't have, I didn't have a single nightmare. And now that you're back, and now that I'm back, I haven't either. I have been okay. crying myself to sleep, but I haven't. Uh, had, I haven't had. Prog- any- is that progress or is it worse? No, I can't I tell. No, I'll take it. You eventually you sleep. Yeah, so it's good. Eventually I sleep, and it's just sleep time. Okay. But I um, haven't had any nightmares. I think I had a good reset, and it, it was such a positive effect for me coming back. I think, yeah, so, mental mental shift. Yeah, yeah, I've had like two weeks without a demon possessing me. I really, it's all I want to hear in this life. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for being here. Uh, I don't, I never know where to look when I'm, yeah. when this camera's here. Um, see a professional. We're not a professional. No, we're not. Go get help. Go get help. Okay. You kisses. Need, you need help. You need help. What if, what if we make that the tagline of this podcast? You need you help. You need help. And we can and provide we it. too. <laughs> so um, okay. Bye. Bye. Where do we turn it off? And um, is that a huge bruise on your arm? Yeah. What the fuck? I walked into a doorknob. Okay.